Anyway, uh, this morning I'm excited uh, for what we are going to do and what we are going to be talking about. I'm really, really excited and I'm, it's going to be more of just family time where we spend a lot of time just talking, interacting, laughing. You know, I was writing my notes and God was throwing in jokes. I'm like, oh Lord, you love your people. Uh, you want them to laugh. So he threw in interesting jokes within the, the same for some reason. Uh, so it's really, really exciting to be here. Um, and also to be excited to dress like you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when when Homegrown came to pick me up, he said, Drip, Daddy. Whatever <laughs> that means, but all I know is that I'm dripping. <laughs> How I melted, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm dripping. <laughs> yeah, so uh, lest you say that, no, when I'm talking to you about relationship issues, you should say no. You know, Pastor Cham is not updated. So it's much to understand how love is nowadays. So best to appeal to you, I decided to dress like you. So that you know that I understand the things you are going through. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so today we are looking at how to build a healthy Christian relationship. So it will be very easy, it's family time, it will not be so theological, I want to make it so easy and so practical. We've done a lot of theology, theology as we've been talking about the anointing, but I want to make it so easy and so practical for you to actually relate with. So we're talking about building a healthy Christian relationship. Now at the end of uh, the sermon, I will lead us into a place where we'll just spend some time praying. Uh, if you are single, pray for yourself. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and you see, the thing is that, and if you're in a relationship also, pray for yourself. Amen. Amen. As well. Uh, because, I, you know, sometimes I feel, you know, as, as Pentecostals, as, uh, you know, evangelicals, there's, there's, there's this thing where people sometimes laugh at us when we pray for a relationship partner, or when you pray that God will guide you in the area of finding a relationship partner. So there's always this misconception. There's always this don't pray. And sometimes people, my father, my father, I ask him. You know, it seems as though people will laugh at you for doing that. But you should pray. Because relationships are very, very critical. Second to your decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, who you end up with is very important. So, if you take your relationship with God seriously, relationships, you should take them seriously. Yes, they should be my pembelo. Mm -hmm. And I have addressed the church, and I've talked about some things, and I've said, you see, uh, finding a life partner is not a function of beauty, but a function of favor. If you think it's a function of beauty, wait until you are 40 and 50, and you realize that you were the prettiest of them all. And yet the girl you thought was the ugliest in your class is telling you she's going on a honeymoon. <laughs> so it's very, very important. So we'll take time to pray. And also, apart from that, God has specifically mentioned that he will address... Woo. Uh, amen. Uh, God has specifically mentioned that he will literally just address the ideal of uh, there are people who are broken hearted. Uh, maybe you've never experienced the love of a father. Maybe you lost a parent or something. Or you've just been heartbroken. It may not be relationship, but just that part of your heart. God wants to touch that. So we will spend some time 
to pray at the end of the sermon. Amen. Amen. So uh, I'm so glad that, uh, and I spent a lot of time preparing because relationship talk is not my area of strength. You know, find me, let's talk about heaven, let's talk about the move of God, let's talk about revival. So I spent time looking at my notes over and over again, going, taking walks and meditating and thinking through them. And I said, yeah, I have to teach on, on, on relationships because basically the whole counsel of God has to be addressed. So we can't just talk about the anointing, 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 anointing. No, we have to balance. Then talk about relationships also. Then balance it up also. Talk about resources so that you also know how to handle your resources. So relationships are also an area that we ought to address. And I'm so glad that um, at least in a long time the church was not addressing so many of the issues with regards to relationships. But I'm so glad now we've got so many uh, authorities that are, you know, being raised by God to address relationships, to address godly relationships, to address kingdom standard relationships. So I'm so, so glad. The other day I found my little sister listening to the Paswanis and uh, she, there was a relationship, something, something, and she was like, they were watching it live and I was so excited. And I found them like, keep watching, you know. Uh, I'm not upset as your pastor. Uh, if you want to talk about heaven, you know, the governmental arena of heaven, you meet me in my bedroom. But as for now, listen to relationships. So I'm so glad there's so many authorities that are rising and guiding us on how we should go around this area. But as your pastor, I'll add my two cents to the entire council that you've been receiving. Seeing I know people have been reading on relationships. People have been, I see your WhatsApp statuses and clips. You post those to my things. I don't know who you are trying to communicate to, but I hope the message arrives. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so I'll kick right into it like a Nigerian preacher and just give you point one, point two, point three, point four, point five, and then we'll pray. Okay, so we are talking about keys to building a healthy Christian relationship. Keys to building a healthy Christian relationship. Number one to the keys to building a healthy Christian relationship is always start on the right foundation. Always start on the right foundation. Psalms chapter number 11 and verses number 3. It's a common portion of scripture. Nevertheless, I'll still read it. Psalms chapter number 11 and verses number 3. Foundation is very, very important. Psalms chapter number 11 and verses number 3. Psalms chapter number 11 verses number 3. Okay. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Okay, so when foundations are not in order, you will find that the structure upon which you build upon will not be a sustainable structure. So whether you are a believer or a non-believer, there is a storm that will come either way. It will come either way. Okay, so the foundation upon which you built upon will determine whether that thing will stand. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so where you are going determines the foundation that you are to lay. If you are going very far, you don't build a foundation that is not strong enough to sustain where you are going. In a like manner, you will discover when people put up skyscrapers, when you look at those, and if you watch some of those documentaries in Dubai, in the UA, uh, United Arab Emirates, when people are doing those skyscrapers, you will find that some of them will go 70 feet down, 100 feet down, 
for them to erect a building that will go so high up. Because they understand that they are going so high up, so they decide to establish a solid foundation. If you want your relationship to last, make sure there's a healthy and strong foundation. Praise the name of the Lord. The reason why some relationships do not go far is because in the first place, the foundation was wrong. So that is why the relationship can't go even up until Valentine's by January. <laughs> why? Because the foundation was not set right. What is this very foundation? We read in Genesis, and I want to address the law of first mention. We read in Genesis, and the law of first mention is that, um, as the name entails, of course, it's the time a thing was first mentioned. So the the time it was mentioned, it set a divine order for how things in that particular criteria should run. For example, let's just deal with worship. For example, one of the first times we see the word worship mentioned is when God asks Abraham to offer a sacrifice of his son. Okay? So that's when we see the word worship mentioned. I mean, the word worship mentioned, yeah. So we know then that worship involves sacrifice. The model upon which we do worship can change as we diversify, as we increase in the, 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 the instruments we have and how church structure is, is done and how contemporary worship is done. That can change, but the very essence of how worship should be done will not change. It involves sacrifice. So you'll find that in prayer, what you are doing is that you are telling God what you want, but in worship you are giving God what he wants because worship entails sacrifice. So the law of first mention, when worship is first mentioned, it sets a divine order for how things should be done. So in the first three chapters of Genesis, we see a divine order. God first creates environment before he can create the people that are to be in that environment, which is to tell you that environment is very important. You may be a strong believer, but if the environment you are in shocks your faith, you will discover that you will not stand. That is why in James, when it's talking about temptation, it says each and every person is tempted when they are strayed away by their own desires. So it is to tell you that when people are tempted and they fall into the trap of temptation is because they moved out of the safe boundaries that God had set for them. That is why it is not advisable that if you are with a person you are passionate about, you are in a place that will promote temptation. Temptation is territorial. The first operation of temptation is that it gets you out of the place of safety and puts you into a place where you will not be safe. That is why when you thought you were very anointed, you thought that you had dealt with the flesh, then you discovered your flesh was so alive, you were even shocked at how your mouth was doing this. <laughs> wow. You thought you were on fire. When you were touching, you were so we need a divine order so we realize God creates an environment through which he will place man in and he calls that environment Eden 
then he puts man in that place he called Eden. So it set a divine order. Of course, after Jesus, things have changed. So we don't have to look for a certain environment to say, until I meet you in this environment, you're not the right one. Okay? But the divine order was that they were found in the presence of God. They all were, if they didn't meet outside Eden, it was in the presence. That is where they met. What does that entail in today's time? That the person you want to be with should be a believer. It's divine order that has been set. The Bible is against missionary dating. You know what missionary dating is? This is where a believer decides to date an unbeliever and they say, I will change him. No, he will change you. <laughs> the Bible doesn't call us to take them. It calls us to win them to the Lord. You know, pastor, and you see, it seems members understand the heart of pastors, especially for churches like ours that are in their inception. You know, pastor, actually he just told me that he even wants to start coming to this church. <laughs> Pastor confused. <laughs> oh, anyway, if you're not a spirit led pastor, you can say, Anyway, Pastor, uh, you know, uh, you tell your member, you know, don't mala chinja, ala chinja. Don't just bring him under my care. No, we are not called to date them, we are called to win them to the Lord. If God has told you this is your partner and you discover they are an unbeliever, watch and Pray. <laughs> there is a brother who told me, he said, Sir, I like this girl, but she's not saved. And God has told me she's the one. I said, Watch and pray. And the <laughs> just pray for her, pray for her. All of this, he would pray, sending helpers, sending people to go and preach. Lord, I send men with good tidings towards her way. Lord, I said, and people would preach to her, disciple her. And then when it reached a certain place where she had been discipled, then he started approaching because he understood divine order. If someone tells you they will change just to be in a relationship for you, in as much as that's good and God can use that to, them, to his glory, we thank God. But the very essence for which they changed is wrong. Because when we come to the Lord, we are not coming because someone has told you, if you don't change, I will not date you. You change because you genuinely love the Lord. No, no, pastor. What if someone else takes him because he's taking time to get saved? Bro, draw your boundary in the spirit. I send a head of fire. In the name of Jesus, I release fire. <laughs> May he or she not be attractive to any other person. I claim them. I bring them forth. Don't date them. Start on the right foundation. Then you start bringing me issues. Pastor, he said he wanted us to start kissing. <laughs> Why are you shocked? When you started on the wrong foundation. Mm. 
Praise the name of the Lord. So start on the right foundation. And some essentials to starting on the right foundation that I'll give you. Some essentials to starting on the right foundation. Okay, number one we've dealt with. Your partner should be a believer. Okay, Amos 3.3. Two cannot walk together unless they agree. Did you see that meme on Facebook where someone is telling, uh, someone is telling a, a girl, I think must have been telling a guy and says, um, I think she was rejecting him and she said, you know, the Bible tells me not to be unequally yoked with uh, non-believers. And I think his response was, who talked about eggs? <laughs> oh my, some of you missed it. But anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> Okay, maybe you would also answer like that. Don't okay when they tell you that if you don't understand, just just don't think it's about eggs. So anyway, your partner should be a believer. We've dealt with that. Amos 3 3, two cannot walk together unless they agree. They should be a believer. Okay, loyalty should first be vertical before it is horizontal. That's still under the the first essential. Loyalty should first be vertical. Before it is horizontal. Vertical is the one way we go up, not so. Horizontal is the way we go like that. So, before one is loyal to you, they should first be loyal to God. So, loyalty is first vertical, then horizontal. Don't be happy that he's loyal to you and he's not loyal to God. You, you are not omnipresent. When you are not there, you will be short. So, when someone is loyal to God, even when you are not there, this person will be loyal. Someone asked me, sir, what has made you keep yourself? What has made you love your partner the way you love your partner? Do you know that in the years, in the five years on the 22nd of February, that I've been with my wife to be? Amen. Someone told me, sir, what has made you remain faithful? What has made you stay the way you are? What has made you not go outside and not see any other people? And in that five years, by the way, let me tell you, we have been in a long distance relationship. We've never been in one location for more than six months. In five years. <laughs> so we've been in a long so, Pastor, how, how, how is it that this has worked? I said, my loyalty is first to God. Let me not lie to you, my children, whom I dearly love. It is not that opportunities to cheat are not there. They are there. You should see my messenger. Do you know how many dinners I reject? Do you know how many brown skin colors? Do you know how many of those I see? But why is it that I have not fallen into that trap? Number one, even if I do not love her so much, that's not true. By the way, I'm giving um, a hyperbolic example. If you don't understand that, you understand it when you get home. But then, <laughs> amen. <laughs> I'm giving a hyperbolic example. And you see, the thing is, which is to exaggerate, to make a point. So you've gotten it before you leave. Um, so... And even if it was so, I cannot do that. Why? Because my loyalty is first to God. So if someone is a believer, their first place of loyalty is to God first. 
If someone is loyal to God, I can assure you, even when you are not there, they will not misbehave. Because they are so aware of the presence of God. That is how you avoid sin, by being so conscious and aware of the presence of God. When they are living rightly because they are aware of your presence, when you are out of their presence, they will find comfort in another person's presence. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay? So your partner should be a believer. Those are essentials to the right foundation. Number two, should have a committed relationship with God. You see, we are in Zambia where everyone says they are a believer. If you go into evangelism, one of the things you will discover is that everyone will be telling you, I am a believer. That is why we always have the follow-up question in evangelism. How do you know? Then you hear answers like, no, I was baptized. No, my mother goes to church. Then you start to run them through how that that does not get them saved. So apart from just saying I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, you should make sure this person has got a committed relationship with the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Number three essential, okay, should be purpose-driven. This person should be purpose-driven. They may not get there yet. They may not have all the resources yet, but at least you can see that this person is purpose-driven. There is somewhere we are going. The reason why some of these ladies are feeling so insufficient in some of these relationships is because the guy has no purpose. Or rather has not discovered it. Because a lady is a helper. So if there's nothing to help with, she'll be looking at you. Ah. <laughs> so there should be purpose. Be purpose driven. Number four essential. Should be submitting under an authority or at least willing to do so if they aren't at that time. Should be submitting to an authority and willing to submit to if they aren't at that particular time. The reason why I'm saying if they aren't is that sometimes people grow up in church models, they are committed, they are saved, but they grow up in church models where sometimes mentorship, discipleship, and submission to authority and accountability has not necessarily been crafted within the system, okay? But at least if they find themselves in such a situation, they should show willingness to submit to an authority. So, but I'm really shy of trying to get them, to, to get to know them, ask two more questions. So, what do you think about, ah, in a Vama Papa, ah, once in the same, there is a problem. It's a red flag. They should be willing to submit to authority. Why? Because, let me tell you the truth, relationships in themselves, they have problems, even though you are believers. Please put your phone in a mode that will not disturb the service. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you will discover that relationships in themselves, you will reach a place, even though you are believers, where you can't resolve. None of you shall resolve. Every time you can't come to a consensus. So what do you do? You engage someone who you both can respect. Say, so, okay, no, maybe let's talk to your mentor. Let's, there are some of you here who have been misbehaving in relationships. <laughs> and you've been reported by your girlfriend or your boyfriend to me. 
about. No, um, eh, no, no, Pastor, it's just this guy, you know, he's the one. So find a female person to salvation you. Or oh, fail. <laughs> no, he's the only one that knows calculus. calculus from January. Why are you not understanding this? So they okay, no, behave. So you need someone who respects a certain authority. Even for me as a pastor, if you start seeing I'm a teaching young book was strange, it is just something off. You should know who can we talk to who will talk to pastor and put it in order. Or else it will be chaos if there's no one like that in my life. I will do everything and get away with it. So it's very, very important that this person is submitting under an authority or is willing to submit under an authority. It's an essential. One of my Bible school lecturer was telling me a story. We were doing a course called Marriage and Family. So he's telling me this story. He said, well, there was a church member who fell in love with this guy. You know, and the pastor won't, won't um, this, this lady. He said, no, but have you, you know, sometimes as pastors, we don't say things directly. Who am I talking about? But now, don't talk about you know, and you press on, press on, and she pressed on until eventually they did actually get married. But she, the pastor warned, this guy, listen, he doesn't have a committed relationship with the Lord. He loves drinking. He's found him. No, Shani, I'm just drinking Fanta. No, you know, that sort of a thing. No, meals. So the pastor warned. So eventually they got married, and the lady, seeing she was a lady, moved to the other church uh, because she had to join the husband. So they had a misunderstanding, and now the report that the lady brought to her former pastor is the report I was receiving. So she went to the pastor and said, Pastor, we had a challenge and we couldn't resolve. When we couldn't resolve, I said, okay, let me go and talk to his pastor. So she went and talked to his pastor and the pastor said, okay, uh, you should tell your husband we, we can meet on this day. So they set an appointment. So she went to the husband and thinking, because now she said the pastor wants to see us. Have you ever been reported before? Or someone said, okay, maybe if, if we're not settling, let's go and talk to your spiritual advisor. <laughs> <laughs> to her surprise, when she said, well, pastor said he wants to talk to us so that he can counsel us concerning this problem. To her surprise, the man got so upset and said, hey, hey. No! respect for authority whatsoever. So when you have a challenge, there, there, <laughs> there are people who literally are in-laws. No respect for authority. It's very, very important. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So number one is start on the right foundation. Number two, Number two. <laughs> I love number two. Number two. Number two is understand that spirituality alone doesn't sustain a relationship. Now I'm trying to strike a balance because the first one seems to be on a spiritual foundation. So now I'm trying to give you the second one. Understand that spirituality alone does not sustain a relationship. Haven't you seen people who are spiritual? One was an intercessor. The other was in the praise team, leading powerful worship. Yet they broke up. 
spiritual people. There are people who come and say, oh, but I thought she's an intercessor, but I thought she's a pastor, so everything would change. Hey, spirituality alone does not sustain a relationship. It's very important that we understand that prayer is not a substitute for intimacy and communication. Praise the name of the Lord. Prayer is not a substitute for intimacy and communication. And for some of you who are not married, know the boundaries of intimacy. Better than to my text, I love you. I miss you. That's your intimacy. So spirituality alone does not sustain a relationship. There has to be things like communication. You have to talk. Don't say, me, the way, the way God is moving me. I have spent all my weight in prayer. I can't talk to you. But I'm shy. Yeah, spirit, listen. <laughs> Sisters. Sisters are complaining every now and then. No, we are just going for prayer meetings. No, we are just doing this. Prayer meetings are important. That's why we started with that foundation. Doing all those things are important. But it's not always. Don't turn your relationship into a prayer mountain. <laughs> there are other aspects of your life. Okay, you are a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. So there are emotional needs involved. So sometimes when your partner comes to you or your future partner comes to you and tells you, you know what? I'm, Sasan, I'm, not, I'm not feeling well. Do some introspection. Especially if it's ladies. Do, guys, do some, hungry. do some introspection. <laughs> do some, you may find it's not prayer she needs. Ni pizza wa ne. You know, after this pizza, I'm gonna win. When the pizza so don't substitute. There, there, there are parts of your life you need to work on. You need to learn how to communicate better, how to relate. Is your character well developed? So spirituality alone will not sustain it. There are other parts that you have to meet, and that is why even things like taking care of your body is important. Amen. 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 Taking care of your body is important. You don't have to have all the money. And you look good. Okay, whichever one you use. My Christian brothers, we are are telling me in their inbox, in my inbox rather. Listen, I am tired of them telling me, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, okay, okay, you know. Brother, join the Baptist prayers, but we okay, got based on my jeans, my ninja. <laughs> Even though pursuing my non-Christian brothers is not an excuse, but guys, do not increase 
the thresh do not leave room for the enemy to start to give the Christian sisters other options. So take care of yourselves, brothers. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. If it's clothing, what I was talking to Pasakina saying, Pasakina, how do you manage this jacket thing? Because me, I'm getting tired. And every Saturday is like I'm I'm literally thinking, what will I wear? What will I do? And he told yeah, boy, the way Shiva. He told me what to do. He said, you know, jacket you're long or cut that you cool at chinja. Your day was a full suit. Next day was a chinja. Or a full of party shirt and a jean. Oh, your day was a chinja. Was a full of fake and I. Ah, casual coach. Hey, cool Monica, different. So, brothers, if all you have is one jean, cut chinja. No, someone walk off while I stand. I can become jean. It becomes white. And so you do not wear. But nishkena kalenunga quite too sunny. We all need to take care of ourselves. Personal hygiene is very important. It's not your spirit that will be hugged. Amen. Amen. And then also do godly hugs. Don't, there's the difference between a hug and a hug. <laughs> Avoid hugs. <laughs> so personal hygiene is very important. Take care of yourself. Buy deodorant, caron, car something. It, listen, I was, I was reading a book and I hope this is not TMI for you, but then I'm reading a book and it was recommended by our marriage counselor and I'm reading it and he's talking about how personal hygiene is very, very important and he's talking about how you should invest in some of these things like he's buying expensive perfume, at least do this, do this. I mean, that has to be expensive as long as that smells good. I mean, so he's talking about all these things and he's buying, look presentable, take care of your body. And then he says one last thing that really moved me. He said, you may think all those things are expensive, but divorce is more expensive. I was moved. Amen. Amen. Take care of yourself. Learn how to relate with the other person. Learn how to talk to them. How do we talk? How do we reason? So understand that spirituality alone 
doesn't sustain a relationship because we've seen people who are spiritual yet failed in their relationship on certain grounds. Spirituality sets the bound, the foundation. It sets that foundation. Then we build upon that particular foundation. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so number three, essential to building a healthy Christian relationship. Number three, always seek to grow together as a Christian couple. Always seek to grow together as a Christian couple. A couple that grows together will see alike and strengthen their relationship. So if you are growing together, you will begin to see alike and you will strengthen your relationship. The person you will meet in 2021 or in 20, with the person you met maybe in 2020, will not be the same in 2023, in 2024. They would have developed at a certain part of their life. So it's very, very important then that as believers, we seek to grow together in this relationship journey. It's one of the ways you build a healthy relationship by growing together as a couple. Find ways in which you can grow together. Is it Bible study? It may be spontaneous. It may be planned. But you have to grow together. Let's read the word of God together. Let's do devotionals together. It's, it's an altar you are developing for your relationship. So grow together. Because that, when there's a huge disparity, what you will discover is that you will not see eye to eye on many issues. Why? Because there's a huge disparity between you and the person you are with. So if the other person is growing, grow with them. Yeah. And I always share this example with many people because you see, one of the things with Grace is, I mean, she's a minister, she loves the Lord, but then I'm doing ministry at a whole different level altogether because that's what I do. I'm a full-time minister. So she may not understand certain things. So I'll start to, I've been teaching already. Many of you don't know. I've been teaching her how you handle difficult members. Watch out for your hand. He's very, I'm joking. But how do you handle difficult members? How do you, you know, how, 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 how do you become patient when dealing with people? Because sometimes you follow up on a church member the entire week, even up until Saturday, and send them transport to come, only to tell you that, Pastor, I couldn't come. Where is the transport I sent you? I bought talk time to tell you I couldn't come. <laughs> How do you deal with such a member? You have to be patient. So I teach those things because I want us to grow together. And when she's strong in areas of investment, finances, and resourcing, she will start to also tell me, no, this is what we do. We can invest in this. We can do this. We can move into this direction. No, this is how we can handle our resources. This is how we can do this. We want to grow together. You should have a strange desire to want to grow together. If you don't grow together, imagine she comes and says, ah, this, ah, I'll keep complaining. No, my wife has come to disturb the church. I was doing better before she came, but because I didn't teach her. Some of the things you want to see in the person you are with or in the person you want to be with, you will not find them upon meeting them. You will have to grow together. So people ought to seek to grow together. 
Have you ever been in a meeting, like maybe this particular one, and you are listening to the sermon and you are saying, I hope, I wish my other half could have been here listening. I, I, why are you saying that? Because you want to grow together. Sometimes even just friendship, really. You will discover you are listening to a message and you are saying, I wish my friend could have been here to hear this message. Why? Because you realize that your friendship is becoming very, very difficult to handle because you are growing at a different pace from your other person, from the other person. So you ought to seek to grow together in a relationship. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't just grow alone. It's not a competition. I've noticed ladies are not so big on this, but guys, sometimes it becomes more like a competition. If she makes money more than you, we thank God. It's not a competition. Just grow together. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, that's number three. Number four, building a healthy Christian relationship. Avoid unhealthy comparisons. Avoid unhealthy comparisons. Avoid unhealthy comparisons. Why should we avoid unhealthy comparisons? Of course, we know that comparison is the thief of all joy. Do we mean by that we shouldn't learn from other people? No, that's not what we mean. You can learn from other people. But as you are applying that information, you contextualize it to fit that particular relationship that you are in. So it's important that we avoid all unhealthy comparisons. Even in churches, even as a minister of the gospel, one of the things you have to avoid is an unhealthy comparison. Because sometimes you will discover that another pastor will tell you, this is how we do things, this is how we run things. Get the principle behind, contextualize it, and apply it to your context. Don't get it as it is. You will make a mistake. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So you contextualize it. So after this, many of us will be seeing that. After this, many of us will be seeing on Facebook, we are Chichiroyama flowers, we are Chichiroyama, people are just, you will find a lot of shocked people with. <laughs> Amen. You will find a lot of shocked people on Facebook. Because people put gifts, they did things. Then all of a sudden, you just get upset. <laughs> you know, a church was awesome. I left to me and Pastor Chan just preached a nice message. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then, you see, the thing is that you're not contextualizing. You are forgetting that this very same guy, just two days ago, was telling you that he doesn't have money. Not as a trap, that's man's trap, no. But <laughs> literally, he was telling you, I'm just from handling this and this. I just paid my school fees, or I just paid for my little sister, or I just handled this. So instead of understanding that, depending on the context you have, you then start looking at what other people are doing, and you bring it in your relationship. You will bring confusion. Sometimes some of the people telling you some of the things, they don't do them. So be careful. 
sing na sa doon. And that didn't happen for you. Maybe all he did was send you a very nice message. <laughs> People are getting messages these days. Just send you a very nice message, message rather. Maybe he's a poet, so he. <laughs> Gentlemen, also, at least try hard also. Because even poetry becomes boring <laughs> when she wants things. <laughs> so avoid unhealthy comparisons. Learn from other people. Do I learn from other people? I learn every now and then. And when I learn from other people, we sit down and say, you know what, we sat with that couple and this is what they were telling us. I think I like that. But how can we apply it to our own lives? will tell you, us, we wake up at 01 to pray for our relationship. Say, no, God has said we should pray at 01 for our relationship. No. How do your schedules align to what you want to do? Can it work? No, this couple, you know, because they're trying to spice up their relationship, so they just do, you know, this date night every weekend. Can you afford it? <laughs> So you say, okay, seeing we don't have so much resource to afford every week doing dead nights, let's do it monthly, or let's do it every fortnight. Contextualize, avoid unhealthy comparisons. Some people have had their awesome relationships ruined based on what they were seeing on Facebook. Some people have had their relationships ruined based on what other people were telling them. So someone was telling you all these things. You know, if a guy doesn't do this, who set up those standards? Who set up those standards? Things differ. No, if he doesn't call you, you know, three times a day, dump him. Yes, that other one, the, the boyfriend doesn't work. That's why he's calling three times a day. You, your boyfriend works. Where will he get the time to call you three times a day? Contextualize it. Praise the name of the Lord. Avoid unhealthy comparisons or else you will ruin your relationship. And I know we are Christians. Some of us, you know, because we are inspired by Christian couples, we are inspired by all these things we are seeing, all these great men who have, you know, a woman by their side who can preach. Guys, if you are a guy, do not try and push your woman to become a preacher if she's not. You will get her in trouble. This business of the water is serious. You even say, you're a prophetess. <laughs> then you attract principalities that fight prophetesses. But she doesn't have the anointing of a prophetess. If she's serving as an usher, love her. 
always tell my men of God friends like this. If she's saving as an usher, love her. Don't try and copy what everyone else has. You're pushing her to preach, pushing her to preach, pushing her to preach. No, even not what you do, but angel and um, you know, we should look. So pushing her, pushing her, pushing her, pushing her. Uh, by the way, today you should even prophesy something so I can post on my Facebook and say, you know, my iron lady, today she gave prophetic words. Then you allow her to come to the front. And then she preaches such a message. No, Jonah also swallowed the fish. Then this happened, then this happened. Then she tries to prophesy and she's off. <laughs> Avoid unhealthy comparisons. So we, when God has blessed you, it's, be with that person. Ladies, avoid that too. I know I've talked to the gentlemen, but ladies, avoid that too. Don't try and compare. No. The only one got what And if you're going to say anything to help your friend change something about them because you want them to move in a certain direction, do it in love. Not because of your envy to see what other people have. Do it in love. Love will not seek its own way. You will do it in love. How can we handle this? You know, I was just thinking. You know, let me tell you, let me, let me share an example. Honestly, I, I honestly didn't love bright colors. I, I still don't love very bright colors. I'm more of a somber guy type of color. Uh, person, so I more, mostly go for blue, uh, which is navy blue. I'll go for black, and if I had it my way, I'd wear blue and black almost every time because I just love those colors. But then my fiance loved it when, you know, just to see people wear bright colors. She just loves some bright colors, and you should always have it. You can try, and I'll never. If I'm using my, I'll never. So you know what she did. She bought me this nice shirt, was, was some blue and some, you know, it was bright, in short. It was brighter than what I usually wear. And I wore it, and I was so uncomfortable that day. And everyone kept on saying, oh, you look really good today. Oh, you look good, Pastor Chan. Pastor Chan, you look really good. Pastor Chan, you look really good. I'm like, yeah, can't you throw a phone What she had done is that she saw something she wanted, but she did it in love by buying me a shirt, and I wore it, and I saw the need for that particular thing. So sometimes when you want to see something cultivated within another, move the, uh, the root of servanthood, move the root of you know being generous, move the root of showing them through an example. So if ladies, you notice that, ah, this guy does not buy, buy things, sometimes when we a gift and see his response, then any normal man will start to think and say, hmm, I changed the man. <laughs> Some of you today, Valentine's, you will find you, you, your significant other has bought you something and you didn't plan on buying it. You thought the other thing. You know, ah, actually, it's just that the Majang bastard I was supposed to catch to send you that gift, I missed it because I was at church party. Gift yako iliko. There's a way in which when someone tells you something, it awakens something on the inside of you. It's like what Miss Grace writes in a book says, love awakens love. When you render love to other people, it will awaken love in other people. 
So, very important that you avoid unhealthy comparisons. Number five, and which is the last one, then we pray. Avoid compromising on Christian standards. It will choke the relationship that God, that you are building. Avoid compromising on the standards that are predetermined within the word of God. Avoid compromising on those. Avoid compromising on Christian standards. At all costs. It means praying together. Asking the Lord. Lord, I am passionate about this person, but help me. This passion will kill me if I'm not careful. Lord, help me. Do not compromise on Christian standards. Because what happens is, when you compromise on Christian standards, you may feel as though because this person, you know, did this. Okay? This person did this for me. They love me so much. Then you will discover when you go home, you will lose trust because you start to think to yourself, wait, if this person is a Christian and they could compromise on everything they stand for and declare, what are the odds that they will not do the same with another person? So trust will be crippled. I can assure you, almost 90% of all the relationships I've dealt with that compromise on Christian standards did not last. Because trust is broken. Commit your relationship to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you. Lord, how can we sustain this relationship? How can we maintain purity in this relationship? Then you start to set boundaries. As you are setting those boundaries, okay, this is the boundary I'm setting. This is what I'll do. This is how I'll go around it. This is how I'll work around this. Okay, let's avoid hanging out in places that make temptation favorable. There are environments that will make temptation conducive. Because this is someone you are passionate about. You are passionate about this person. You love this person. You are attracted to this person. So avoid environments that will make temptation conducive. That's why when the Bible is talking about sexual morality, it doesn't say pray and fast. It says flee. You're getting what I'm saying? So set certain boundaries so that you do not make temptation conducive and so that you don't compromise. These will help you build a healthy Christian relationship. When there's holiness, there's purity, you build on the right foundation. You can communicate. You understand the essentials of Christian relationships. It will really, really help you. Relationships are to be enjoyed. It is not God's will that you're always found, you know, some of you... <laughs> it's not God's will that you're always found. Your name is the one that is always found. Pastor, this guy keeps on saying this. Pastor, this girl keeps on saying this. No, it's not supposed to be like that. Relationships are to honor the Lord. This is beautiful. Vama love will not kill you if you do it the right way. The reason why... <laughs> <laughs> don't compromise on Christian standards that God has set praise the name of the Lord Amen. 
Hallelujah. Say, I will not compromise. I will not compromise. I will only have relationships that honor the Lord. I will only have relationships that honor the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to pray for us in these last few minutes. And well, of course, I'll pray at the end, but what we'll first start with is we're going to spend time to pray. Some people may have been hurt in relationships, and they are, they are hurting. They don't even want to try it anymore because they were hurt from a previous relationship. Some people, it may not be a relationship even with a significant other, but it may be a relationship, you know, with a parent, with a relative, with someone you trusted. And God still wants to heal that all the same. And some may just need to pray. You know, there's no harm in committing relationships to the Lord. Whether you're already in a relationship or believing God for one, you should commit it to the Lord. Me, I used to pray. I used to commit this area to the Lord. I knew that if this area is not committed to the Lord, I would take walks, I would pray. I fasted even. Yes, you can see the fruit of the fast. <laughs> I would pray, I would fast, I would commit these things. Because it's easy to make a wrong decision. It's easy to make a wrong turn. And the worst thing to do is to make that wrong turn. And then realizing only when you are married that you made the mis the, the, a mistake. Of course, by the grace of God, he would still work it out and bring it. <laughs> of course, we're not going to go into the permissive view and, and all that stuff. But... You want this area committed to the Lord. You want to pray that God will bring someone that will bring the best out of you. Someone that you will do life with. Someone that when they come into contact with you, you become a better person. If your prayer life was struggling, your prayer life is revamped. God wants to establish godly relationships. And it's very cardinal that we pray into it. You may not be even looking into it. You may say, Lord, I'm far from that idea right now. I'm not thinking about it. But there is no harm in praying about it, saying, Lord, I want you to come through for me. I want you to close your eyes. And just under your breath, if at all you've been in a relationship, maybe prior, that did not honor the Lord, or you are currently in one that is not honoring the Lord, I want you under your breath to just talk to him and say, Lord, forgive me. For I have not walked rightly before you. My relationship has not observed purity. Lord, I love this person, but I want you to help me. Lord, forgive us for all our sins. Father, we want to have relationships that honor you. Relationships that serve in the kingdom, serve in society, and bring glory and honor to your name. I am tired. I am tired of doing the same thing over and over again. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for having relationships that don't honor you. We want to have relationships that bring glory and honor to your name. We ask that by your spirit you may give us strength. Strength to overcome the temptation of the enemy. Strength to overcome temptations of the enemy. 
want you to ask. Say, Lord, you know, some of you, you in, oh my. You don't know why. It's, it's almost as though you, you feel powerless to this thing, but the Lord is saying, by the Spirit of God, I will help you overcome. By the Spirit of God, I will help you overcome. I will help you overcome. And just before we, we go into corporate prayer, as everyone's eyes is still closed, I want to just at least allow this opportunity. If, if you are here and perhaps maybe you're saying, Pastor, I, I don't feel I've been living rightly and I just need you to pray with me or I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior and I would love you to pray with me. And you see, the thing is, that it's not always things to do with immorality. Sometimes it may be with the mind. You can't control your mind. Sometimes it may be issues to just do with conduct, with how you talk to each other. But then you're just saying, I, I need someone to pray with. And I'll still integrate that with, you know, those should still come with the people that want to give their lives. So if that's you, just lift your hand and I'll pray with you before we can pray corporately. Say, Pastor, I need you to pray with me. There's no harm, really. There's no harm. Okay. We have a hand. Thank you for that hand. Just say, if, if you are in that category, Pastor, I've been struggling with some of these thoughts. Because the Bible talks about how sometimes you don't even have to do it just thinking about it. You have done it. You, you don't have a hold over your thoughts and you, you are wondering why and God wants to help with the renewal process of your mind. If you are in that category, just lift your hand. There's no shame really. There's no shame. Okay, thank you for that hand. If you are in that category, just lift your hand. Just lift your hand now. And I'll pray with you. Just lift your hand if you are in that category. Okay? Okay, thank you for that hand. There's, 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 there's still another person. Yes, thank you for that hand. There's still another person. There's no shame, really. There's no shame. There's no shame. There's no shame. There's no shame. If you are in that category, by show of hand, thank you for that hand. Ashes, just help those that are lifting their hands. Stand up and just come to them. And we'll pray with them. We'll pray with them. We'll pray with them and we'll just strengthen them and pray that the Lord would break every hold of every addiction, every demonic thought pattern. And our discipleship team will talk to you afterwards and just to help guide you through the, the process and how you can get disciples so that you can live a life that you know, glorifies the name of the Lord. Amongst these, are there those that are giving their lives to the Lord or it's just those that need, if, if that's you, I'd love to prepare you separately. Okay, so thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If, if those that are in, in, in the chairs, please stretch your hands towards this. Stretch your hands towards this. Stretch your hands towards them. And we're going to pray for them. And the Lord will just break every hold of every addiction. It may be an addiction. It may be something that has bothered them. It may be that the enemy keeps you know, reminding them of their past. And that's why they don't have confidence. They may have done something wrongly and the enemy keeps reminding them of their past. The Lord wants to help these people. Karamande Shatai. Father, in the name of Jesus. And I pray the Spirit if you are in the chairs. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for this. We ask in the name of Jesus that you break every hold of every addiction, every demonic thought pattern that has been sent by the enemy to infiltrate their lives. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you watch over your children. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, I ask that you do a mighty work through them. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that the enemy would not remind them of things that they have done in the past. For the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Spirit of the living God, I welcome you now in this place. Come and bring liberty. There is liberty that is happening. Chains are falling off. Chains are falling off. You will discover all of the sudden that all the appetites that you had for some of those things, you will not have them anymore because the Lord has broken that chain. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Receive your freedom now. Be free in the name of Jesus. Never again. Never again will you torment her. In the name of Jesus. You will not be oppressed. Be free. In the name of Jesus. Those are the front. I want you to pray after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Say, Heavenly Father. I come before you. Rededicating my life to you. Help me live a life that glorifies you. Help me live a life that is after the Spirit. I ask that my awareness to the presence of God may be lifted in the name of Jesus. Starting today, I take a step into the right direction which is following after Jesus. I will serve him and him only. My relationships will honor the Lord in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I want you to go back to your seats and the discipleship team will, will talk to all of you and will just find a way to interact with you, just help you understand some of the things that have happened and also just help you and guide you through. Don't worry, these are people that we've trained, these are people that um, are under my care and you can trust them that they will help you as they teach you and guide you some of those things. Uh, everything will just be well. I want everybody to stand up. Um, and we are going to pray. We are going to pray. Because I... I now this is just basically going to be for everyone. We are going to ask the Lord. You see, I want you to pray. Commit your relationship to the Lord. Whether you are in one... Or not commit that area of your life tell God what you want tell God 
the breakthroughs you're believing God for. Then after that, there'll be healing, that will be ministered of the emotion. But the power of God is so strong in this place. Don't wait for any instrument or anything, just pray. Pray in the spirit. Say, Lord, this area of my life I commit it to you. The area of relationships. I commit it to you, Spirit of the Living God. Father, I commit my relationship into your holy hands. Father, I pray that you will glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, even for those that are believing you for a relationship partner, I am asking Heavenly Father that you who gives good gifts, who give them good gifts from above, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we commit that area to their life, to, 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 to you in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that the enemy will not send people that will distract them. The enemy will not send agents that will distract them. Heavenly Father, I am asking that you do a mighty work over your children. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you can pray in the spirit, I want you to contend. Wage war and pray in the spirit. Wage war and pray in the spirit. Commit your relationship to the Lord. Your relationship will be purpose-driven. Your relationship will be purpose-driven. In the name of Jesus.
warm sensation that love who help you love yourself before you can love another the Lord is telling you how much he loves you oh Jesus help us experience a love from you a love from you let there be a love awakening let there be a love awakening an awakening of your love an awakening of your love that we understand what it means when you say for God so loved the world I have never forsaken you. I love you. 
Father, I pray for each and every one of these that are here. I ask in the name of Jesus that you will continually do a mighty work. There's something deep happening with this one. There's something deep happening with this one. Thank you, Lord, for all the healings that have happened in this place. For all the healings that have happened. There's someone. The Lord is going to do two healings for you. Number one, you've got, it's going to be emotional healing and it's going to be physical healing. But, <laughs> I'm trying to find the best way to frame this. But then, you have a situation with your physical body and that has brought a lot of insecurities that makes you think that you will never settle because no one will ever accept you with that condition. Spirit of the living God, I ask right now for that person, locate them. Locate them. Locate them. And heal them in the name of Jesus. I release healing. I come against that condition. I rebuke every infirmity in the name of Jesus. Get out! The presence of God is intensifying. That thing won't stand that presence. Get out of her in the name of Jesus. Those that can take your seats from those that are standing. If you can't, it's okay. What God wanted to do, what God wanted to do in this meeting was more than just relationships because you see, when it comes to the idea of relationships, being with another person, it, it goes far beyond just the fact that one wants to go into one. You may be wondering why Pastor Chan ends like this. There are people that have been broken from previous relationships. There are people who've never experienced a father figure in their life, and that has affected how they relate with other people. So God wants to work on that also. Some young men just don't know how to be young men because they've never had father figures in their life, and God needs to do that emotional healing. Some have been broken, some have been disappointed, some have been hurting. Some it's physical conditions 
that every time someone discovers that condition, doesn't want to be with that person. But God wanted to work around those things apart from just give you information and knowledge about having a healthy Christian relationship. So those that that came here um, and came to the front and, and I, I prayed over them in the altar call, um, you will see our discipleship secretaries or discipleship team. Uh, we have Brother Johan here, and um, if you are still a visitor, you'd have to see Brother Johan. Obviously, we have Phil. Do you mind standing up, guys, just for a minute or two so that we can see you? And even if you just need someone to talk to, maybe to talk to me, it may not be possible maybe today, but if you just need someone to talk to, um, and if you need to talk to me directly, you can, but they, they are also available, unless you just feel the need that you should talk to me. But they will help you through, so make sure you see them, they will talk to you, and they will encourage you. You may take a seat, guys. Um, session until I guess uh, we'll come with Natasha. So remember seventh, we have the man of God Chanda. She will be explosive. So let's get prepared for that. Pre-order a copy of your book. If you are the executive, it's a must. Get a book. It's only 120 kwacha if you make your pre-order today. If you make it later, it's 150 kwacha. So pre-order. Louise, pre-order the book. Our chair is coming. So let's make sure we get that book. And um, it will be awesome time in the presence of the Lord. So, um, shalom, shalom. How many of us enjoy church today? How many 